Hi guys, this is Milan Milan, and as you know, the study is going to be on sin, how it is corruption, and of course, separation from our God. So before we begin, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your amazing grace for your revelation in this study. Lord, I ask that you continue to use me as a vessel and that anyone who's listening, Lord, that you speak to their hearts. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. And I'm just so grateful for you being present in my life. Amen. All right. So, our God is holy. All right. He is so, so holy that he cannot look on any corruption. It is offensive. It is beyond our comprehension. And our God will not be mocked. Now, going through this study, there's a question I've always wondered if any sin would be greater than the next. And through this study, my answer is yes. There is a sin greater than the others. And of course, with scripture, I will explain what that is, where I found it. So first, what we're going to do is, um, I'm not put a message, you can have your Bibles. So first, we're going to go right into what it is in James 3.18. People, you will reap what you sow. I am going to reap what I sow. Okay, so if we go to James 3.18. And so in James 3.18, what it says is, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Alright, so it says it right there. And... What it's basically saying is we reap what we sow. Okay. Now, if you go with me to Job, and it's 4.8 for Job. And it says, even as I have seen those who plow, plow inequity and sow trouble reap the same. Okay. So to me, basically what it's saying is all through scripture, you will reap what you sow. You cannot put out evil and expect to reap a, a beautiful harvest. Okay. And evil is just, it's corruption. It is obviously not of our God's nature. Okay. So we are lovers of Christ and we want to please him. Why would we be involved? 
Now, I understand we're all human, but that's when we give our lives to Christ. When you want to please our Father, our King, you will give Him your entire life and He will cleanse you. We can't do it on our own. And that's why we need to have faith and a true heart for him. Put him first and allow him to work through us. So when we do that, we will start to see the change. Now, if you go with me to Proverbs 6, 16. Now, these next verses I'm going to read are all in Proverbs. When we get out of Proverbs, I will make you aware. So, Proverbs 6, 16 down to 19 goes on to say, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands to shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Also in Proverbs 11:27, it says, He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. 19.9, that says, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. And in 21.7, it says, the violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice. So again, it's all in scripture. Evil is corrupt and you will reap what you sow. Our God is not a God to be mocked. He will not be mocked. Also, look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, um, verse 22, sorry, it says, If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be a curse. O Lord, come. Now, just looking over (laughs) this sin. All right. So I'm going to briefly just touch on it and then I'll come back to it um, towards the end. In 1 Corinthians also, and it is chapter 6. And the verse is starting at 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters 
nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covets, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will enter the kingdom of God. All right. So that's super clear. That is super clear. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version just because it's easier (laughs) for me to read through. At times I will read through the King James Version, but this is the New King James Version that I'm reading from. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 10 said it. All right, and I'm going to reread it because it is important is deep is is right there in our face do you not know that um that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor covets nor drunkards nor reval nor revilers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God they said they will not inherit the kingdom of God it says it right in the beginning do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God and then it goes into a good list that will not be inherited to the kingdom of God Now, as I mentioned earlier, that there is a sin that is greater than others. And that sin that is greater than others that I found through this study is sexual sin. Now, if you go with me to Genesis, right in the beginning, Genesis 19, and we're going to read 1 through 4. So Genesis 19, 1 through 4, it reads, this is about Sodom, okay, and Gomorrah, but it reads, starting at 19, 1, now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet that you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered the house. Then he made a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people were from every quarter surrounded the house. Now these in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were evil. This was a sexual sin. These were just evil people. Well, evil doings they had evil all in their hearts and they were trying to get into uh, lot's house 
to sexually abuse the angels. So they surrounded their home. All right. Now, just looking... Go with me to Genesis 6, and we're going to go through verses 4 through 8. All right, so in Genesis 6, this is now talking about Nephilim. All right. And so in Genesis 6, 4 through 8, it reads, There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Pause for a second. This is in Noah's time. Okay, This is what's happening here. So back into the verses, Genesis 6, 5, then says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was, get, he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man. Whom I have made, created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. All right. So we're going to leave that there and we're going to come back to those two events that were happening now so if you go with me to second peter and it is chapter two and it will be verse four through nine and this is doom of false teachers and so second peter um two four through nine reads for if God did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah one of the eight people a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous, righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds then the lord knows how to deliver the godly out of the temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment all right so 
One thing I wanted to just touch on, um, and this is what the, because sin is not going to be tolerated. And God is so holy that he cannot, he will not be um, looking upon the sin. Okay. So back during these days, when there was um, a high priest and he would go into what they call the holy of holies right and inside is where um our god's spirit um was so you had to be cleansed you couldn't have um you couldn't be an evil person obviously right um you had to be right in your spirit and these priests would have uh bells wrapped around or tied to like the bottom of their robe and it would be because anyone okay so they would go in and they would present their the offering right of the people again this is a high priest is doing this and this will again will only be once a year so they would wrap it around the bottom of the rope so that if that priest was in the holy of holies if he were to fall dead because of his sin because again this is seriously god takes sin if he were to drop dead they were afraid to go in and get him so they would have the bells and if they wouldn't hear the bells anymore like as he was walking around in the holy of holies they would have this rope attached to the bells and they will pull the priest out because they weren't going in our God is not one who will be around sin he is that holy guys he is that holy I just wanted to give that backstory because that is something that I have heard I read and I was like oh my goodness so yes this this is just something I just wanted to say just to if if anyone didn't know or if maybe you kind of heard of it yourself um, that's good as well but just know that's how holy our God is okay just wanted to point that out all right so let's go to Romans 1 18 and Romans 1 18 says for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. Okay. And just going back to the sin the sin that is considered greater than the other sins is the sexual sin okay so if we look in the old testament we can see genesis 2 24 so if we go to genesis 2 24 what it says is Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. All right, I'm going to read that one more time because this is more than just what this says. I need you to 
get this in. <laughs> Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. A man to be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Okay? This verse does not speak of man for man, woman for woman. This group with this group, he said, man joined to his wife. He is leaving his father and mother. And the man and his wife shall become one. One. Not separate, but one. Now go to 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians... It is going to be chapter 6, and we'll go over verses 16 through 20. And what that says is, Or do you not know that he who is joined to the harlot is one body with her? For the two, he said, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him flee sexual immorality every sin that a man does is outside the body but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body or do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own. For you were brought with a price. Sorry, for you were brought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I'm sure y'all got that, right? Our body is not our own. Our body is not our own. It tells you that in Genesis 2.24, the husband and wife are then joined and now they're one flesh. And then in 1 Corinthians 6.16-20, 6, and I'm going to say it's 18 that breaks it down where it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. So think of if you lie, that's outside the body. If you steal, that's outside the body. But a sexual sin? It says, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. And, or how, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? From, with whom you have from God and you are not your own our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit I'm sorry this is right here what I I say from this verse from these verses sexual sin is greater than other sins. I'm not saying the other sins are minute. 
that they are not important and it's okay to do them because it's not. No sin is going to be tolerated. God is holy. But the sexual sin, you are sinning against your own body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Think about that. God created sex. And it is good. And it's okay to say it's good. But it's good only in his, in the way that he made it to be. So if you're in a relationship and you're not married, you're a woman. This Okay. You're a woman who's not married to a man. And you're having sex. It's sin. That good thing God made, that's sin. If you're a man. And you're not married to your wife, but you're having sex with someone not your wife. It's sin. Doesn't matter. It's sin. God did not create sex to just do as we will. God created in the confines of marriage and only marriage. So sexual sin is greater than other sins. And when you sin sexually, you are sinning against your own body. Your own body. So if we look at Genesis... Um, 19 is the chapter and we're going to go through verses 12 through 24 alright so that reads okay this is back to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah um, I mentioned I would get back to it but so now we're back to it Sodom and Gomorrah alright how they were destroyed again verses 12 through 24 then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went, into, went out and spoke to his sons-in-law. Who had married his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But the sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. So to them, they thought that Lot was joking. 15 goes on to say, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass that when they brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. 
Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough for you to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is not a little one, and my soul shall live. It's not a little one, and my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Okay. Now, if we look back in Genesis chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. All right. So, chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. This again is about the Nephilim. Okay. This is in Noah's time. It reads, There were giants on the earth those days who also afterward, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men who bore children to them, those were the mighty men of men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made them on the earth and he was grieved in his heart so that the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created in the face of the earth both man and beast creeping things and birds of the air I am sorry that I have made them but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord so this is the flood and if you look at these two that I've now read them one after the other you can see that these were sexual sins that were going on during those times it was lot back in uh, genesis chapter 19 and it's noah in genesis chapter 6 he found favorable men of god whom he saved but he destroyed because of the sin that was going on and again this was a sexual sin this wasn't just lying and and, and, and and being thieves. And those are not good things, okay? I'm not saying those are good things. What I'm saying is that sin is a greater sin than other sins. And here are two stories on how the sin, the sin, sex, outside of the marriage, would be considered greater than the other sins. When you have sex, you are creating a soul tie. And that soul tie is now a connection. And when you leave the relationship, you feel a piece of you missing, right? A piece of you is now with this person. 
and you have sex with someone else and a piece of you is with that person and so on that for if if you continue down that path you're now lost because a piece of you is with him with him with him with him with him or with her and her and her and her that now you don't have your own identity sexual sin is I I would say is by far worse than any of these other sins look at how God judged and these were sexual sins this is not how he created it to be so sex is good but only as he created it to be and that's within the confines of marriage and if you're not married if you do not have a significant other that you took vows with before our lord we're sinning and that's what i will say give your life to christ allow him to come in your life you have to repent if you want to get over that if you want to see heaven which i'm sure you do i want to go to heaven you we have to repent we cannot continue to do what we do and think that god is just going to adjust people say god takes you as you are he does he loves you as you are but then he works in you to change you who he has called you to be you cannot think that you will just continue to sin 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 and that because god made you that he loves you as you are he's going to just accept you right in, in, into his kingdom it's not how it works you love god and just think about it okay you are in a relationship and you love this person you learn in this person you want to know about this person you want to do things that this person is interested in you want to put a smile on this person's face right you always want to be around this person now you're falling in love you don't want to be away from this person if you love god apply the same apply the same you want to be around him you want God to smile upon you you want to do things that are pleasing to him you want to stay in his word you want to know him right he is a holy god he will not be mocked and sin will not be tolerated on any level but understand that the sexual sin is so much greater than other sins but all sins need repentance all sins need repentance we're all sinners we're all sinners i'm a sinner but if you love christ and i mean if you truly truly love christ you will repent and you will trust that he will come into your life and do such an amazing work in you who he has called you to be
So I'm gonna close this. With if there's anyone listening, anyone who hears this, and you wanna make it to heaven, you want to see our Creator, you wanna be with our Creator, but you just you can't shake some things, and I get it. It's it's we're human, okay? We give our lives to Christ and we allow him to do the work in us. Because we cannot do it alone. There's no way we can do it alone. We need our Savior. And he's right there. But you just have to invite him into your life. Accept the fact that you're a sinner. Repent from your sins, which means to turn away by faith. You believe, you accept this free gift of salvation of Jesus, that he died on the cross. He sacrificed that he had made for us. He rose, guys. He rose. He's our risen Savior. He rose. And he is coming soon. So we go to Romans. 10 is the chapter. And we're going to read. um, Verses 9 through 11. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus put this right here for us. He wants all to be saved. Hell was never intended for humans. It was intended for Satan and his fallen angels, for those demons. But don't be mistaken. There is room in hell for people who will not repent. There is room for people who will not who want to continue to sin, 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 sin. Because if you're not living your life for him here, while you can repent, if you're not living your life for Christ now, why would you go to heaven with him? Why would you want to be around him if you don't invite him into your life now? Why would he put you in heaven where you clearly don't want to be? It's time to get right. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And he has given us this free gift. It's time to get your lives in order. Get your house together. If you love Christ, you you will allow him to change you. Allow him to do the work. Trust in him that he will. 
Jesus is beautiful. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. Saints, you know what's coming to this world. So anyone who isn't following Christ, invite them to do so. Tell them what you know. Share God with them. Share our risen Savior with them. Go to the Father and ask how to be, how to bring more into the kingdom of Christ. He will show you. He will give you the words to say to to people. He will guide you on how to do it. God is so good. He hears you. He is so merciful. have to repent we all must repent and accept him in our lives he is worthy to be praised he is an amazing amazing God an amazing God I think back on my life on times of trouble and I can see God there every every part beautiful people it's time to repent our savior is coming soon sooner than any of us think I leave you with this Jesus loves you (laughs) he loves you so much he is worthy of all the praises Don't know Jesus when you need Jesus in trouble, right? Know Jesus when you wake up because you didn't have to, right? We didn't have to wake up. Know Jesus when you can go make coffee by yourself, right? All your limbs work. Praise God. Know Jesus that you're not in a hospital. You have your health. So, Know Jesus when you get in your car and you go about your daily routines. It's the weekend. You know, you want to go do things for you. Know Jesus in that quiet time. Right? That quiet time. For some, it may be first thing in the morning. For others, it may be the middle of the night. Right? Some of us get woken up in the middle of the night. And I honestly think that's the time that God has called us to pray. He's calling us to pray. You woke up sooner than what you're supposed to wake up. Like, well, you say you're supposed to wake up. Maybe you set your alarm for something, but somehow you up before. How? Nothing in this world is a coincidence. Know God in those moments when you have food on your table. Thank him for it. Because he's gracious. Do not just know him. Do not just call on him when 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 you gotta pay a bill and you don't have the money don't go to God only when um I don't know people are talking bad about you and you're feeling some kind of way about it go to God when things are not an issue 
because he woke you up. You're not in a hospital. You have all of your health. You have food on your table. You have a vehicle that you can go and run your errands. When someone pops in your mind, pray for that person. It's for a reason. Nothing happens coincidentally. But God does bring people. He knows how to unite who he needs to for his glory. Know God. Get to know him. Out in the show now. And just understand that he loves you. He's a gentleman. He's waiting for you to invite him in because he will not impose himself on you. He will not impose himself on you. He is a gentleman. He's also loving and gracious and merciful. Amen. Saints, until we meet again, whether on the show, or in the air when our Jesus returns for us. I love you all. God bless.